to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. So I want to continue the conversation that we are having as a society and hopefully as individuals when it comes to Black Lives Matter and honestly hearing people's stories and seeing how we can implement that in our businesses. So going forward in the next couple episodes with guests I'll be having on, um, a good amount of them have said that they want to come on and uh, be able to, which I thought would be nice to hear, is hear how... They're shifting their businesses and themselves and moving forward to integrate this into a lifelong thing, not just a new cycle type of thing. And that's something that I'll be sharing as well on my next solo episode, which probably will come out next week as well. But I just don't want this conversation to die down. I think a lot of people are hopefully in the same boat, realizing that this is something that cannot leave from our lips in some way. Obviously, taking just one action a day is so important, not only as a business owner, but taking one action here to educate yourself, to post, to share, that is still something that is still needed and something that I am doing every single day as well, whether it is donating, whether it is reposting, whether it is listening to an audiobook that is around the topic or hearing someone else's memoir about it. Like, There's so many resources out there for you to do to both educate and to help out, that taking one small action is helpful for not only you to keep it in your mind, but also the movement as well. So putting that out there, and I want to bring back this episode because talking to Kiana, I swear, (laughs) after talking to so many guests, I start to forget how good the episodes are. And this one's really important because I've had a couple of, I've had I've had a couple of people who are um, people of color, obviously, on the podcast, and I plan to do better, and I plan to have more people on. But something inside this episode we actually do talk about is race, and how even she mentioned that if he, if she goes to a networking event, and they say she's a black woman or someone on the business card that's black, they might not want to work with her. And we actually do dive into this, along with obviously talking about YouTube, and which is something that a lot of people I know are interested in after COVID and spending time at home for quarantine. But I wanted to bring this back because there's so many good nuggets in here, not only from Kiana, but from the conversation itself that I think needs to be reiterated and heard not only by myself, but for all of you listening as well. It's so important to listen to. So that'll be coming up for this week's episode. So it's kind of a best of episode mixed with just a current issue that that conversation also had talked about and I think is still really important to hear and repeat on your podcast app over and over. But outside of that, that's kind of going to be the next couple weeks going forward on the podcast because I want to make sure we really give time, not only now, but going forward how we can create this. So something that I might be playing with as well is for those who don't know on the solo podcast, Uh, Usually at the end of each episode, I think since the last two episodes, I've been having it where I share a marketing strategy that I've been testing out. So what I might do along with that is share a resource that either I've read or a something that I've donated, anything that I think could probably help you that comes in that one action a day, I'll let you know as well. So again, we continue that conversation. And if that's something you'd be interested, interested in, let me know. Um, I just want to make sure that we give the conversation the air that it needs. So can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. If you heard it before, I would still recommend you listen to it again because it's still really prevalent and hope you guys enjoy the episode. 
Hey guys, today we have on Kiana Lachey, who is a YouTube growth strategist and business coach, and she helps aspiring and seasoned entrepreneurs with service including YouTube channel audits, YouTube and business coaching. Welcome to the podcast, Kiana. Hi, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited, excited to talk about this too, because you're the first person I think I've had on here who's YouTube specific, and there's such a huge increase. I've noticed as just a marketer and also just in this space that YouTube is so powerful. So I'm so happy that you're on here. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I'm super excited to be here as well. Awesome. Well, I love to begin this show kind of like with the beginning of your journey and then end with your present and future. So if you can tell me a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to wanting to go down this profession. Oh, she said a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Look, I, I didn't have a journey. Um, Tell as much as you want. We're here for it. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, really um, was raised by my father and my stepmother um, and not so much happening in the forefront of like my childhood. Mm-hmm. I will say I was like, you know, like you got like children that are like bad early. Mm-hmm. I was not that child. <laughs> I was like, I started doing bad things when I was 18. I was like, I'm grown. I do it at once. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of led me down the path. You know, you go to college. Well, not everybody, but me. Going to college, you've got this independence. And then you start meeting people that can buy alcohol. And, you know, you kind of just go sometimes down this this path that you didn't foresee for yourself. And really, my journey ironically started, I was leaving a college campus party for someone who was uh, going to boot camp. He had enlisted in the Army. And I was really uncomfortable in, with the sleeping arrangements that we had, uh, mm-hmm. because I've had previous experiences of you know, rape and sexual assault. So my intuition in that regards was like the, the red flags, like, nope, nope, mm-hmm. nope, nope, nope. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to take this risk. <laughs> I'm going to drive home. And yeah, didn't didn't get that far uh, before I started seeing those flashing lights behind me. And, you know, that really changed my entire world because here I was someone that, you know, I was working and I had my car and I had, you know, some independence. And then like in a matter of an hour or so, like all of that was just taken away from me. And my best friend lived in the same neighborhood as me. And I was really close to her family. We had known each other like since we were 11. And I remember going to her house. Uh, She wasn't there. So that's how close we were. I went to go see her mother. And her mom was doing like direct sales type stuff. So I went to go talk to her because I'm like, look, first of all, I lived in the middle of nowhere. And when I say the middle of nowhere, I mean like no public transportation. no Walmart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like I was, I was in the country mm-hmm. and I went to talk to her and she was just like, you know, we'll go on Facebook, go into like the work from home groups. Now you dare not go in there. But <laughs> I went and of course it is, it was exactly what you would have thought it to be with all like the spammy posts mm-hmm. and, you know, the, is this too good to be true posts and all this other stuff. But I got started with a CPA company and it was free for me to start. And I remember getting my first little $20 check in the mail and I was sold after that. I was <laughs> like, Oh, this works. Um, and you know, just from that, I went from that to network marketing failed miserably <laughs> So miserably. But it was funny because at the same time, I was like, why do I suck so bad at network (laughs) marketing? And, you know, these people like Stormy Wellington, Mm -hmm. um, who's made, you know, over a million dollars in network marketing and all these other women. So I started like cyber stalking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just like, what are they doing? You know, like Ray Higdon and his wife, Jessica Higdon and, you know, Tara Lee's and like all of these people. I'm like, what are they doing? And that led me down the path of like personal branding. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so there's something, there's something in here, some, mm-hmm. some sauce <laughs> behind this. And I need some of that sauce. And, you know, just learning as much as I could. And then like my ex at the time, he's a, a graphic designer and web developer. 
I started using him as my gimme pig. So I was like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. I need you to try this. Boom, $2,000 client. I was like, okay, so this works. Um, and then at the same time, I really fell in love with tech. So then I started also building websites for people. And, you know, just again, dabbling in with like YouTube, which was pretty much just an accident. I think that it's an accident for everybody that mm-hmm. falls into YouTube. It's just like, wait a minute. I have a, like a hundred subscribers, but this video has like 5,000 views. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like, that's how I fell into that. And I couldn't have been happier. You know, I think that for my journey, you know, it, it wasn't a matter of like, Oh, well, you know, I want to start a business. Oh, it was like the girl, you got to survive and you got to figure something out. And I think in a way I've always kind of been business minded or had like this entrepreneurial spirit about me already because every manager at every job that I ever had couldn't stand me (laughs) because when, I mean, and I get it when you're the manager, but the crew listens to somebody that's on the same level as them, that irks their, that irked their nerves. Like my managers never liked me. They never (laughs) liked me, (laughs) but that's okay. So, you know, that's it. We had to speed up the timeline, but, you know, over the course of like several years, it's that that was the journey. It was just I found myself in the deepest hole that I could ever be in in a certain time of my life. And it was really just you've got to you better pick up these rocks and these sticks down here and start building the ladder so you can get up out of here. Yeah. And the great thing, too, I thank you so much for sharing that, because what you noted was really great is everyone starts from scratch. And I think so many people, they try and jump it, like they'll try and go, okay, I want to build this, you know, six, seven figure business. And we're just gonna try and make it happen within the first year. It's like, that's, that's normally not what happens. (laughs) Right? Because I was similar to you where I started out my business with being a website designer and graphic designer, kind of knowing similar to you where it's like, I want to make this work. I'm not sure how this is going to like play out, but I'm just going to try things and like just kind of make things work from there. So I love that you mentioned that because I noticed so many people gloss over like the beginning parts. They just go straight into like, and now I'm a successful like business coach. I'm like, well, let's, let's go back a couple steps. (laughs) Right. Like four years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's what I love too about this type of arena that we're in, especially for like YouTube, because they really get to see you like fully unabridged you as long as you allow them to. So I'm curious, especially for personal branding, YouTube is fantastic. But what what was kind of like the light bulb moment for you to say like, hey, I want to really focus on YouTube and help people grow theirs. Oh, that light bulb moment was when I realized nobody else was talking about it. Mm. And I'm one of those people that like, I, I get so annoyed so, so easily when something starts to quote unquote trend, right? So like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden everybody's a brand strategist. I'm like, where y'all come from? Yes. <laughs> <Who sent> y'all? <laughs> um, and even the same thing with like using the term boss, you know, I've been oh, using yeah. that for like three years and now I'm just like, I feel fraudulent using this. So when I realized that I had something and people were asking me questions. And I was just like, okay, so is this something people really want to know about? Because sometimes I think that we underestimate where we're at with something versus where someone who needs our help is at. Mm -hmm. And I'm so guilty of doing that even today. I'm like, how do you not know? Okay, let me me remember where I was at. (laughs) I didn't know everything either. But yeah, it was just it. It was just a matter of like people kind of asking the questions and me realizing like, okay, I don't really see anybody um, talking about this. But then inversely at the same time, uh, and this is more of a, I think we couldn't have picked a better day than Martin Luther King Jr. Day to actually mention this point. (laughs) But, you know, a large part of it comes from me wanting to be a great representation for women of color, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in this space especially in YouTube, if you go on YouTube, who are the top ranking people, you know? And I think that when it comes down to it, and this really correlates with personal branding, a lot of people want to work with people that they have a lot in common with. Oh, yeah. 
And so not to say that we have to start drawing these lines and these divisions of like, oh, well, I'm the person of color. I'm not, I've, you know, I've got to be here, be there. But I just noticed that there was just that lack of representation. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I need to come out here <laughs> to represent for everybody. I mean, even though like I'm very inclusive, mm-hmm. um, obviously my fiance is not a person of color. He could not be more different, <laughs> more pale <laughs> than me. Um, but that, you know, that was also part of the reasoning as well. It's just, I need to leave my, my footprint in this, this industry. And I think that it's so needed. And a large part of that also was recognizing this was like years ago when I was like focused on personal branding, when I found out that there are women of color that will not put their face on their business cards because they feel that if someone were to now go through the business cards, you know, they've gotten settled. It might've been a networking event that they see that it is a black woman on a business card that they're not going to want to work with them. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know if this is allowed. Fuck them. Oh, you do uh, it. I don't, it does not matter to me, especially for this topic. Like curse words are allowed. <laughs> you know, like it, 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 you know, I'm just like, if someone would not want to work with me or anybody else uh, because of simply the color of their skin, they can go kick rocks, you know? So it's a big deal for me to at least want to also kind of lead by example to say, Hey, you know, you, you can, be out there. Be out there. I don't. I don't care if you're blue, purple, yellow, green, orange. Unless Donald Trump. Let me stop. I'm just yeah, kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every but really like everybody. And I think also because like I have like this quirky, almost um, weird personality that you know again is this whole ideology of like you have to be perfect. You know, Marie Forleo. Oh yeah. You know, we've got to be perfect like Marie Forleo. No, (laughs) no, you don't. (laughs) Not at all. And I think that's the best part about this space right now as well is one, you're also showing them it like what you said. There's so many amazing things that you just said. But the first thing I want to go into (laughs) is that it's true. Like People do find you look for people who you relate to, especially in certain industries, because you want that community to build. And Mm. even I noticed that. I would say within the last year, everyone that I would look to, you know, was pale. <laughs> and although I, you know, I understand that I was like, this is, this isn't not, this isn't right, but we need more people in this space who are showing every side because I just, I don't believe that we can only look a certain way, like you said, or act a certain way or be a certain way to succeed. I honestly believe that. And I think you probably agree with this as well. There's this new trend that's happening where, hate this word but like authenticity or like being your actual full unabridged cursing quirky self will get you more successful than any like full makeup full glam photo oh yes 120 percent. exactly and that's what I love to talk about too is like even before I came on here I did an Instagram story with like no makeup on because I don't give a fuck (laughs) like you know It's just, it's like the makeup on my face does not change the knowledge in my brain, like what I can bring to the table. No, you're, you, (laughs) that's funny. Yeah, because I do the same thing. Like I'll, face mask, hair ratchet, (laughs) I will do it all because at the end of the day, it's not going to take away from the fact that the nuggets I'm about to drop on y'all, get your pens, get your paper, I'm about to make it rain, I might look (laughs) a little creepy, (laughs) but... You know, and that's and, and what you're even saying is like such a good point because it's if you know if you are that solidified in what it is that you do and you know that you are good, you don't care if you have makeup on, if your hair is blown out, and all the other things. You know, it don't matter. It doesn't. It's fully like I can't agree more with this because. especially when I first started, I remember at least having like makeup on and like my hair being up or something like that. And now it's like, you know, if you see me with makeup or mascara on, congrats. If you see me actually do my hair, it's like once a week. And it's more so because like you said, if you know what you're doing is good, 
there's no need to care about the rest because the people who disagree with you because of how you look, they're not your people. They will never be your people. So that's something that I've been trying to instill more like when I speak about is in this space, especially online, the more unfiltered that you can be, the actual, I think, more followed, not even that, just like more centered community who's going to like understand you and agree with you and become even like cult-like, that happens from being real, not from like multiple, you know, pictures in a jet or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, that wave is gone. Mm-hmm. That wave, that that whole here are my pictures from my Gina. Oh Lord, I'm about to be shady. From my Gina DeVe uh, <laughs> event, mm-hmm. and we all took turns taking pictures by the Eiffel Tower, and you know all of that. That is that's oh that's gone. We don't yeah. we don't do that anymore. No, especially like you said, there's things, and especially you can probably speak about for the YouTube space trends kind of go in and out like the trend for the last couple years was like very perfect very edited very pretty like travel vlogger type of thing versus now it's like people want the truth about dot 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 or like the real behind the scenes stuff because we've had so much of the prior for so long we're kind of like short-circuiting from having that you are spot on and we were just talking about this with our clients last week and like the the vloggers like the Sawyers and the mm-hmm. ones who did this every they are burnt out and yeah. I used to watch I used to watch their vlogs and I would sit back and I'm like how do you still have a girlfriend you got this camera in your face all day every day <laughs> like yeah. you know it's like I know you got to be getting tired of this you have got it, it's tiring and it's unnecessary yeah and that's something I love that you mentioned in like the form we talked about before too is like the two common myths that can be happening in this YouTube space is the first one's like people think they have to post on YouTube every day or multiple times a week in order to grow their channel. Like I remember daily vlogs for a lot of people used to be a big thing or I'm posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's like if you have good content, especially if it's like really juicy content, you don't need to post every single day. And I'd love to hear your opinion about that. Yeah, I think Gary V got to everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Gary V has a whole team Gary V don't record his own videos Mm -hmm. edit none of that um he gonna have y'all out here stressed out it but it's not necessary and so you know again I've been doing um this work especially with like high level entrepreneurs Uh, I'm actually a head coach for Sunny Leonard Doozy's uh, group coaching program oh I love her actually is in her course Oh, you, yeah. Well, heck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's really taking the initiative to look at, okay, well, if I just get myself to the door, ranking your videos, mm-hmm. making sure that I'm creating good enough content and then making sure that it's intentional, that's all that I need to do, which really kind of leads to, and I was literally like, this came to me like right before this call. And I was like, you know what the real issue is? You know what the real issue is? Is that unlike the other social platforms, people come into YouTube and treat it like a hobby. Mm-hmm. So they'll go and be intentional with their Facebook posts. They'll make the Facebook post and have the call to action. They'll do the, you know, their Instagram feed. Oh, I can only have these colors and they got to match perfectly and the blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to YouTube, somehow, for some reason, they treat YouTube like, like it's the hobby and they get blindsided by what I always say, the vanity numbers. Mm. They don't. If it's for business, if you're doing this for your business, some numbers don't matter. They, I would rather a client come to me and say, you know what? I got 500 views on a video, but out of those 500 views, I ended up getting 50 Mm opt-ins to my lead magnet. Then to come to me and be like, well, I've got a thousand views on this video, but I got 10 people to opt in. Which one is more valuable? Which video is more valuable? You know? Yes, I 100% agree with this idea that your video, like, sure, some of it can go viral depending on what it is. But for the most part, like, if you're really clear on what you do, who you want to serve, and, like, what they need to know, 
you're probably not going to get, you know, a million views and nor should you want that because you're not right. trying to build, you know, a group of fans. You're trying to grow, you're trying to grow your clientele, your email yeah. list. Like that doesn't happen from like just doing a, a freaking post or like just a random, <laughs> right. a random car talk, you know? Right. No, I mean, it's true. You, in, even in selling your products, you know, one of the clients that we worked with, one, they didn't listen to me. So then there was that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had like some pre recorded stuff. And I was like, okay, so look, we're going to slap an intro on this. We're going to slap an outro on this. And um, they, they ended up posting that video. And that video, in less than 24 hours, more than doubled their product sales. Wow. In less than 24 hours. And then, like, when I asked them, they said it all like nonchalantly. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, so how'd it go? You know, what did you first be like, oh, yeah, so we more than doubled our price. So I was like, why are you not excited? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why are you just say, like, oh, yeah, more money in the pockets? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> like, I was more excited than they were. Oh, my <laughs> like, goodness. Yes, this is exciting because yeah. it's evergreen. Yes. That is something that I love talking about when it comes to, especially video content. Like, I think everyone knows video content is growing or it's becoming more popular. But I see so many people, and this is something that I think you can talk about too, is that, like you said, they either take it as a hobby. Like, they'll repost, like, a Facebook Live or Instagram Live and, like, just call it a day on YouTube versus, like, actually taking time to put intention and, like, see it as a funnel. Like, everyone's talked about funnels before for, you know, sales. I see the mm. same with YouTube. Like you're taking them through the sequence so that they become a like actual client of yours. Oh yeah. Yeah, now, don't don't go ahead. I feel like I know what you're gonna say. I know you know what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna ask <laughs> yeah. you about like what is your opinion on reposting Facebook Lives because don't I think we're both it. on the same page. <laughs> don't do it. Don't oh Lord. All right, Danielle, let me run you through this. Let me run you through this. Okay. Because every Every platform has a culture. Mm-hmm. So we expect something from the platforms that we're on. Now, when we're watching YouTube videos, whether we're just watching someone that we enjoy to talk about whatever, or we're actually searching for like the answer to something, we kind of like people to get to it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what happens when you're on YouTube and you click on someone's video and it's a replay from Facebook. Okay. Hi, guys. So... We're just, uh, we're just going to give it a couple more minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so we'll get, you know, let some more people get on. Hey, Stacy, How are you? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that picture that I saw of your puppy. How cute. Okay, yeah. So, you know, I just, you know, I, I me and Sam, we went for a drive yesterday. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> and by then, we are gone. As yeah. viewers, we're gone. <laughs> I, okay, this is like, I'm going to go on a mini rant to go with this. <laughs> is like, I absolutely cannot stand when people are like, let's just give it a couple minutes because like, we're not here to waste our time. Like we're business owners, like for the most part, it's I, like, I want to get in. I want to get the tips that I need. And then, you know, if I feel like it's necessary, I'll opt in or I'll go further to Facebook Live or even YouTube. I just... I get so irritated by that. And it's probably because I'm one of those people who's like an action taker where it's like, I don't want to wait here talking about your puppy for three minutes. Like, that's not what I'm here for. You're talking about tips. Let's talk about tips. Yes. And the, the worst of all is, and people don't really recognize it, is that your channel takes a big hit from that. Mm. And here's why. YouTube even though it's owned by Google, and I kind of talked about this in one of my uh, latest YouTube videos about ranking on Google, mm-hmm. and I talked about how like there's a the algorithms still work differently from ranking on Google versus ranking on YouTube. Google recognizes that they that people are searching for an answer, mm-hmm. right? So they're so that they look more at the relevancy of the content that you're putting out, whereas YouTube recognizes that people are there for like entertainment education. So they're looking, their algorithm kind of looks for content that people have engaged more with mm-hmm. um, and has a higher audience retention rate. So if your audience retention rate is low and you're not getting any type of engagement, and that could be thumbs up, it could be thumbs down, or it could be, you know, comments. Mm-hmm. If these things are low, that's telling YouTube people don't like your content. 
So if you repost your 35 minute Facebook live and people stick around for a minute and a half because you're running off at the mouth, that's a red flag to YouTube. They're not going to rank your video. They're not going to push that video out to anybody because the people, you know, YouTube is always testing. They're Mm -hmm. always testing. YouTube is always watching. So they're like, okay, well, the last 30 people that watched this video left after a minute and a half didn't watch the other, you know, 30 something minutes of this video. This must not be good content. Mm -hmm. We're not going to rank it. I, wow. Like, I just, I can't explain (laughs) how much I believe in this because this happens so much I see on um, on Instagram or on Facebook as well. Like, mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing you can do to irritate me as a person in my core <laughs> is to write a post or do a video and then try and boost it on Facebook when it's not doing well. And I'm like, why in the world do you think the live video or video that you did is going to somehow be magically better by putting money at it? And same thing happens, I think, for a lot of people when they put on their Facebook Lives to YouTube or their podcast episodes to YouTube and think, oh, hey, this is going to work because it's YouTube. People like to like watch this kind of stuff. But it's if it's not performing well, if it hasn't performed well on Facebook, there's a good chance it might not perform well on YouTube, especially if it's not the format that most people on YouTube are looking for. Oh, yeah. I think what irritates me the most are, and I've seen this, and I like I've had clients come to me. And they're like, oh, so-and-so said to do this. And I'm like, wait. It's the people that have had big audiences. Mm. And then once they start doing YouTube, like they've got hundreds of people that have flocked to this video and now they think they can give YouTube advice. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I, I, Lord, let me not name names, but I've seen, <laughs> this, <laughs> seen this like firsthand, like this person, like a client came to me like, oh, so-and-so, I'm like, I know who that is. She's like, well, she said that, you know, she just takes her Facebook lives and puts them on, on YouTube. And then I'm like, no, no, this woman has a multi-million dollar business. This woman has hundreds of thousands of people on her email list. She can do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. You got 20 people on your email list. I'm going to need for you to do, you know, things, things are a little different. And I think that, and it's so funny because even with Sunny, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you've seen the shift that Sunny has made. And I, I love, I love Sunny to death. First of all, she's listening. Hey, Sunny. <laughs> hey, um, you know, it, it's a question that I always get, you know, and I'm sure that you've seen it because again, you've been through the program. Mm-hmm. Sunny has now over 200,000 subscribers. So when people ask me, the clients ask me, well, can I put, you know, why Sunny doesn't put words on her thumbnails anymore. Sunny's in a different league. Okay. Sunny's in a different tax bracket. (laughs) Sunny can kind of do what she wants because she has that brand recognition now, you know, and it's a lot of it is really recognizing even like where you're at, be patient, do things the right way. You will get there. A thousand percent. I love that you mentioned that too with this, like, I don't know the right way of saying it, like the influencer turned entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. when it comes to talking about social media, they try and give advice because, you know, they built up this huge audience. However, so many of them are either one, not monetizing it that well, like their own audience, but they're giving advice about it. And then mm-hmm. two is they say, you know, this might work. Like I've had at least three, three coaches who are, you know, 200K, 400K year people. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, just repost your Facebook lives onto YouTube. I'm like, no, like, I know you make money, but you're not making money (laughs) off of YouTube right now. (laughs) Like, you can keep doing that if you want to. It's not going to get you the the recognition or like the results that you want. So I'm curious for you, how do you delegate between doing Facebook lives and then doing your own YouTube videos? Like, how do you manage doing both? Oh, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) to be honest I really stepped away from Facebook and I think it was because I recognized like again I made this shift and it took obviously you know I I had to talk to myself via uh journaling Mm -hmm. you know it's the only sane way to do it unless you're in the grocery store then it's acceptable yep um (laughs) you know but I was just like I it's it's weird it kind of correlates also with 
the fact that like I found my mentor mm-hmm. um, other than Sunny and just the fact that like she's barely on social media, but she still books $20,000 clients. And I was like, um, wait a minute. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not, wait. <laughs> uh, I started doing math on my fingers. I'm like something's not adding up because <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Facebook too much. And I really took a step back to like, okay, what am I going to put? out there that I don't have to keep doing. I don't want to do a Facebook Live a day. Mm -hmm. And that was some horrible, janky advice that I had gotten from a coach um, a while ago. Like her philosophy was, if you have more time in the day, do more. There's always more you can do. Do more. Mm -hmm. Do more. Did you do three Instagram posts today? What, you still got four hours for bed? Do more. And I was like, girl, I'm going to die messing with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to die messing with you. And so, you know, now my focus is Pinterest. You know, I've hired someone to um, implement a Pinterest strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing, I'm focusing more on doing the YouTube videos because, again, these things like they're out there, they circulate, they're evergreen, they're the search engines. Whereas, like my you, my Facebook lives, I've had some bomb Facebook lives, <laughs> but if someone like with as bomb as they are and me actually serving people, if someone needed that content and they went into Google, they're not going to find it. True. And that's when it really hit me. And I was like, I am wasting my time. Now I do like to do Instagram stories because I like to talk smack mm-hmm. <laughs> every now and then, you know, like when you got like those mini nuggets, you got to drop for a second or like when inspiration hits and it's like, Oh my God, this is a great message. So I just like, you know, but that takes like three minutes of my time mm-hmm. versus me sitting there for 35 minutes and next month, nobody's going to watch that. Nobody's going to watch that, the replay of that live stream. So freaking true. Like, and that's the biggest part I've noticed too, is this shift is Facebook, you know, it's, it, it does its purpose. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I find that, like you said, you can have the best videos out there or, or out on Facebook but within mm-hmm. the first 24 to 48 hours, people are not going to remember to watch it. Like they're, they got too much going on or it's not going to be searchable or they, it's lost in the feed. Like it's one of those things where I think lives are great because honestly, it's a way that I don't have to put on more makeup than I need to. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. But I do agree with that. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on too, because you had some really bomb lives for Facebook what do you think about <laughs> taking those topics, like not the video, the topic itself, and making mm-hmm. a YouTube video on that so it does double purpose for that same topic? Ooh. Did I get you on that one? Was that a good question? <laughs> you did. You did. And here's why I had to woo for a second. Because I got to do the research, mm. you know, the keyword research. So it's like with lives, you kind of have like this free for all. You can talk about whatever you want, title it, whatever you want. I know that for YouTube, I have to be more prepared. Yeah, yeah, I have to, I got, I go in and I do the research and I see like, okay, well, if I, if I'm using this as uh, my title, am I going to rank for what's the possibilities of me ranking, you know, out of the top 20 videos, you know, which video has the lowest amount of views? Can I actually exceed that? Um, you know, tags and making sure that my tags are you just, So there's, there's more preparation in that. And then if it works, then yeah, that's actually a great idea for me to go and share that same, um, information but again going back to what I said before then I've got to be like intentional mm-hmm. so now I'm like oh now I need a lead magnet <laughs> because True. we don't want videos to go to waste um so I mean that's that's I I now here's the thing here's the thing though because you're hitting on something <laughs> but let's let's reverse it let's reverse it right let's say you do the YouTube video and then you go do a live stream about that same topic talking about one of the points that you made in the video and then you direct people to the video to get the rest of the tips I do that a lot I'm not gonna lie (laughs) yes (laughs) because it's so easy like I love I mean I don't have to tell you but 
the <laughs> the numerical like the five tips or three reasons the anything mm. list articles are, are huge like no mm. matter whichever platform you're on pretty much and to just say like this is one of like this is the first or maybe even like the juiciest or second juiciest tip to do an expanded live stream on that or post on that and direct them to the other four tips or other two tips that are in your YouTube video, I think is so much more beneficial. And I, I love that you mentioned that too, because especially seeing Sunny's process of like how she actually plans um, for the keywords and stuff like that through her course, I was like, mm-hmm. dang girl, so much. Like, it's great. I'm just like, you have so much intentionality that I do mm-hmm. agree. So many people no offense, guys. You're kind of crappy with your headlines. I'm, I'm helping you work on it. I'm doing a workshop probably the next month because I get so <laughs> irritated by it. But there's just this, there's this idea that people think people will click on whatever you want. And it's not true. People will only click on what they think can benefit them. And yeah. that's why I love that you mentioned the keyword part or the topic because your topic could be about flowers. I don't know why. I always look to like around me. I'm <laughs> just flowers first thing. And like you can say... You know, you have um, a story about flowers Have as your, as your title. Probably no one's going to click on it. But if you say five ways on how to save your flowers from staying alive longer, you'll probably get better hits. Oh, yeah. I'm clicking on that because my plants just be dying. Right? Mine always do. I'm <laughs> terrible. I'm a terrible planter. <laughs> and that's actually something to really talk about, too, is you speak a little bit about this idea of, like, the ideal client myth. And I would love to hear your take on what this means and how you kind of speak about it in your own business and to your clients. Oh, yeah, it goes in on this one. I'm ready. (laughs) It's been a big, for years. Oh, I love Marie Forleo, but I think she started it. It honestly Um, could be true. (laughs) The whole thing is like, okay, well, the ideal client that I have, her name is Sarah Harding, <laughs> and she lives in California. She drives a Mercedes, and she makes $80,000 a year, and she's married, and she has two children, and she has one little French bulldog, and she loves reading O Magazine, and what the fuck does any of that have to do <laughs> with anything? <laughs> nothing it has nothing to do it who cares who cares out of all all the clients that I've had I went through this exercise like four years ago not one person right (laughs) we get suckered into it Mm -hmm. not one client has been that person not one client has even been similar to another client I have worked with people in all across the board Mm -hmm. different in all types of ways and it's, it's just a matter of like you have this problem and I have this solution how you gonna act like that's really what it comes down to that's business you know and I think that what's happened is what no not what I think this is what I do know to be true is that people for years have taken concepts that were fairly simple and overcomplicated them to sell you a course mm, that's I, that god yeah <laughs> that's what it is that's what it is. we don't need a course on how to find your niche that is ridiculous come on thank you like thank <laughs> you you have no idea how hard it is to try and shout this I not even idea this truth this actual truth from the rooftops yeah. because same thing like you I literally did that exercise at least five times throughout like my first year <laughs> and a half of business and it got me absolutely nowhere nowhere right. and I was even in a group program that I paid a good chunk of money for Mm-hmm. And the people who ran it, they're good at their expertise, but they were not good at the niche part or like uh, expertise of helping people with their messaging. And they kept trying to really pin me down and say, because I do, I help people, especially with like their messaging and online marketing, like how to attract people through that. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, you need to really find out what's their occupation. Do you want to work just with <laughs> lawyers? Do you want to work just with this? I'm like, I can work with anybody. Like, that's not the problem. And it finally clicked, uh, I think months ago where I was like, 
the problem is not that I need to choose an occupation because each of those occupations have the same problem. Right. You know? And I think this, I, this, I hate an idea, this truth that no one speaks about more because like you said, people either overcomplicate it, people haven't experienced this idea yet, this reality yet. So I think mm-hmm. that this ideal client, this mystery person is like out there and they just haven't found it or they, they're not clear enough. When in reality, what you really need to know is like the problem you help people solve, what it'll look like before and after they work with you. And that's kind of like the main basis you need. Like you, like you said, you don't need to know what car they drive, what dog they have, if they're a cat person, dog person. Like some of the people who work with me have kids. I don't have kids right now. I don't have right. to have kids right now to be able to help them with their problem. Girl, I got dragged. They, I got dragged through the mud in a group once for saying something similar. I'm just like, someone had like created like a, a workbook or something mm. for mompreneurs. But the workbook was not any different than for someone who did not have kids. So I kind of went down this whole thing of like, well, why say it's for mompreneurs? It's not, it'd be different if it was like, okay, and then this is how you find, like schedule a daycare time or if you're going to get in, like something that's relevant to the fact that you are a mother. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. And I was just like, this makes no sense. Because like you, you know, I've worked with people, actually most of the people that I've worked with somehow have managed to have kids. I'm 27. Somehow my clients end up being in their 40s. Right? <laughs> you know? so, and it's just like, you know, I, I love kids. You know, kids are a blessing <laughs> until they, you know, turn 12 and they start getting smart mouths. Um, <laughs> somebody listening is a mother and is like, yes, girl. They definitely agree. <laughs> Don't have them. <laughs> so. But I mean, that's really what it is. And again, it's because someone decided that, oh, well, if you don't say it's for mompreneurs or whatever, and then like no part of their business specifically is for women that are moms. Mm -hmm. And that's what irritates me. It's like, do we really need to go down this rabbit hole? Do we really? Because again, major companies, I ain't seen Pepsi come out and say, you know, (laughs) you have, you have to be this kind of person to drink our soda. True. You don't, you might, you, you know, Coke, you have to love polar bears, I guess. But other than that, it's not for, you know, the super, but there is no company that you can really point out right now that is so specific that going down that deep into the rabbit hole Victoria's Secret doesn't do it you know mm-hmm. they, they just know there isn't one there isn't one and it's because it's not necessary and really what I think ends up happening is you leave so much money on the table when you try to be that boxed in oh a thousand percent especially in this space when I mean there's so many okay one of the next thing that gets me freaking fucking fired up is like (laughs) this idea about titles like people who call themselves by like these weird ass titles like you've probably heard of it um like a unicorn messenger or like those people and it's one of those things where it's like that is also shooting you in the foot you know like you're first of all like closing out so many people by saying I'm only going to work with moms of 30 to 45 and I'm only going to work in this space but I'm also going to call myself this like really unclear title and hope and wish that they know what they mean it's like well no (laughs) like for me the closest the most niche down and I love how I'm doing audio and I'm quoting myself with my fingers and you can't see (laughs) Um, like the most niche down that I've gotten is like, I love helping women mostly. And I love helping them if they're the face of their brand, like they're a service-based business owner. Now, if a man comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I'm, you know, this person and we feel like we're a good fit and I can help him. I'm not going to say no, but I also know that I'm leaving myself this whole arrange array of like service-based business is pretty wide (laughs) like it's pretty wide and that's because I chose it to be versus like 
I'm only going to help lawyers. I'm only going to help hairstylists. Like, you can do that if you really want to. But I just, I think, which you can probably agree, especially with online marketing, you'd be Mm. leaving so much people who are needing your help by just saying, oh, I'm only going to help this one person. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned, like, the man thing. Um, I'm sure everyone is familiar with the brand Boss Babe, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, the the woman who's running it now is not obviously the originator. Uh, the original creator is Alex Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Alex from mm-hmm. New York. Okay. And in her book, Resonate, I was reading it. And I thought this was like the most powerful thing I probably could have ever read. Um, because it was so real, so short, so simple. She sold Boss Babe, which was on its way to making millions, right? Mm-hmm. Sold the company. Why? Because she wanted to work with men. Mm-hmm. That was it. She knew. She was like, you know what? I can keep on with this. I could. But men have money too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, And I, went, I did the same thing. I was with my branding. Oh, my gosh. Girl, I had the Ladypreneur Society. Oh, God, yep. <laughs> I was just like, and I got, and then like, you know what happened? I started working with a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, wait a minute. All right, no, let's, we need to talk about some things <laughs> um, because men have money. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving that on the table. I want that. And that's, the best thing too about what you mentioned is it's okay if you want to have people, you know, who you didn't have before. Like if you want to work with men, that's okay to work with them. Like mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest drawbacks, and that's something actually I'll probably be moving into in the um, next quarter is I love still service-based business owners are like my favorite. They're my people. Like I love you guys, but <laughs> but. <laughs> I, but I have this mentality where it's like, I'm very, I'm a female still, gonna still be in mm-hmm. that, but I have a very masculine nature. Like, I'm very like, do it, let's get this done, let's action take. So, to completely cut out like men from that space, and I think you can agree with this too. The gender doesn't matter, it's the personality, like the way that you guys fit and connect that mm. makes much of a difference than like actually their gender does. Right. Yeah. I just. Yeah, and that's what I I think for this new like couple years, there's going to be a shift where it's like, how about we actually do things that we want to do and adjust from there versus just taking what, you know, 10 or five coaches have told us to do because that's how they created it in their business, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's that, that, you know, and it's funny, that's one thing that I, that my business clients, which ironically is not... (laughs) It's funny because I've been told that like I should call myself various things. Like I didn't even claim business coach, but like, <laughs> but my clients are, they're like, you know, you're like a business coach because you say you want to talk about this, but you can help me with this, 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 and this. But then it's like, then they're like, you should be a life coach. And I'm like, Love. Oh God. <laughs> I just want to help. And I don't know what to put on it. And it's just the same thing. It's like, you asked me what the need, I'm the niche. Kiana, mm-hmm. Kiana, I'm the niche. Just, I don't have time to dissect this, but you know, even with my clients is just, Lord, I didn't forget what, where we was going with this. See, that's, I have squirrel brain. No, I, really... I definitely do. Especially <laughs> since I'm on, I'm running like on five hours of sleep today. So like my brain is just like all over the place, but this is actually a great point because I wanted to, this is something new I'm doing in my podcast, which I love so much. Kind of like Sunny actually is like a rapid fire, but more on just like knowing there's certain questions I love asking, especially to hear from other people's perspective. So if you're ready, I'm going to ask these questions and you can just answer with like one sentence or one word, whatever feels right to you. And I think there's like six or seven questions. Are you ready? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So first question, favorite book you've ever read? The Prosperous Coach. I actually read that one and I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite word or phrase that you use daily? Oh, we will live. Mm. If you weren't an entrepreneur, what would you have been? Oh, girl, lawyer. 
I love that. <laughs> I was talking about lawyers this whole time too. What is something that you're not very good at or you're trying to get better at? Oh, honestly, time management. I, I can definitely relate to that for sure. Okay. What is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur should have? Resilience. When you think of the word positioning, what is the first word or sentence that comes to mind? Bullshit. <laughs> and when you think of the word attraction, what is the first word or phrase that comes to your mind? Uh, attraction. Mm. Attraction marketing. Cool. And lead me to bullshit. <laughs> and the last question is, what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Success to me in my own eyes is me being able to have the time to spend with my family. I have a five-year-old brother. You know, he needs a big sissy around. Mm -hmm. And to not be overly uh, engrossed in the day-to-day -day business tasks because Like to actually make it to the wedding day, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, just those things and being able to, you know, not necessarily just take care of people, but if they need something, I don't want to be disappointed that says I can't help you um, because I've had that help and to also help others really in any way, however I can, whether it's through time, through money, resources, you know, to me, that's success. Because at the end of the day, you do for others, God's going to bless you. Mm -hmm. Oh, he will. Oh, he will. No doubt about that. I truly believe when it comes to this space or like being a human in general, the more you give mm -hmm. without expectation, the more you get back full force. Oh, yeah. And I've given. My last, my last, literally, and I was homeless. <laughs> I had given my last $5 to a homeless couple. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I, I didn't need it at that time, you know, and now look, and I'm now fabulous. Look. You are, hell yeah. <laughs> and now I'm fabulous. And speaking of which, actually, I want people to know, first of all, what do you have coming up in this next couple months or a year? Like something that you're currently working on to give the listeners a little taste on what they can look out for from you. Oh, goodness. Um, currently getting ready to release actual YouTube channel audits, um, mm -hmm. which will be like pre-recorded, and then they'll come with like a step-by-step -step PDF uh, that people can implement. So even if you don't do it yourself, um, I actually did this for Taylor Manny once, and she was just like, I could just hand this to my team. This is so helpful. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yay. Um, and then moving onwards to revamping my program video boss which I'd been working on consistently like for the last like two years but just listening to what people want mm. um everybody's not techie yep most people aren't techie and so I recognize that and realize and they're like okay so I need to actually pivot so what I'm really wanting to focus on in this program is when I originally released it it was literally, Danielle, let me tell you how boss this was. I was teaching people how to start and grow their YouTube channels from their phone. I had two separate portals. If you had an Android, you click here. If you got an iPhone, you click here. And I taught you how to edit your videos from your mobile device, how to upload all the things, how to create your thumbnails, everything from mobile. Because what are we always on? Our phones, that's for sure. Our our, our phones. <laughs> I hate sitting in front of my computer. And I don't know how many other people do too. Especially, I know I got ADD. So, <laughs> <laughs> sitting down at the computer is just like, oh my gosh. And so that's, you know, that's definitely going to be reworked and, and just all of the amazing things that are going to come with it because I know that it's taking people step by step instead of throwing them into like, the fire like all right all right run 
through this shit. All right, what your feet burning? No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that to people. And I'm, I'm really excited. I, I, yeah, I'm really excited about this though. I really am. I am too. And I want to let the listeners know where can they find you so they can keep up with like all these like amazing things coming up. <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, YouTube and Instagram, really, Kiana Lachey, Q-U-I-A-N-A-L-A-C-H-E, but and not with the accent because most of y'all don't know the keyboard shortcut to do the accent over the E. You're 100% right. Most people don't. <laughs> and that's why also for you guys, I'll put it in the show notes below so you have all the links to her YouTube, to Facebook, to Instagram, to find her literally wherever you need to go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> this has been a fantastic, like, truly, it's probably one of my favorite episodes I've done. And I've done, I think, over 60 at this point. And it's just, oh. you're a really knowledgeable, but also just captivating person. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me be here and talk smack for an hour. Hey, I think <laughs> it'll be probably one of everyone's favorites as well. And for you guys, too, if you have any questions for us, it's going to be in the show notes below. And with that, I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to daniellecleum.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.